Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org. Now, here's our show today. A very special time in the lives of the Old Testament people of God was called the Jubilee. It only came every 50 years, but it was a marvelous provision that freed the captives, returned lost property and possessions to the original owners, and fully restored families and even relationships. No wonder the literal meaning of this word is to shout with great joy. Well, the Israelites were not the only ones included in the Jubilee because the Lord Jesus proclaimed that he himself came to be the real Jubilee for all those that receive him, even today. Bob Danker has joined us as we prepare to get into the Jubilee. Bob, nearly at the end of this book of Leviticus, and what a way it concludes with the matter of the Jubilee. It's tremendous, isn't it? It is a tremendous matter, Chris, and uh, we hope we can convey to our listeners just how impressive and how wonderful this matter of the Jubilee is. Really so. It was a time that was uh, laid out in Leviticus chapter 25, and it showed us that every 50th year, was set aside especially to be the year of Jubilee, many marvelous things happened, many outward things. We alluded to a couple of them in the opening. Take a moment, Bob, and review a little bit about the Jubilee. Yes, Chris. As we may all know, uh, when the people of Israel entered into the good land, then the land was divided up among the families and the tribes, and every Israelite family received a portion, an allotted portion of that land, and that portion became the possession of that family given to them by God. And that was theirs to enjoy forever, in a sense. It was handed down from generation to generation, except when a uh, particular Israelite fell into some difficulties. Maybe uh, he had to sell a part of his possession. For instance, maybe he had to sell his cattle. Then if he fell into further difficulties because he was so poor. Right. He sold the land. Right. Then, so he lost his inheritance. 
He lost his possession. He had sold it to one of his brothers, another Israelite. Mm -hmm. Then, suppose he became even in more desperate straits. Then, what did he do? He sold himself to be a slave. He himself became a slave. He sold himself into slavery. And this uh, shows us the real situation of every sinner. Every sinner is a poor person who has sold his divine possession and has even sold himself into slavery. Well, what is our divine possession? Well, actually, the divine possession of the Israelites was that piece of land. And we've seen from our life study of Exodus and other life studies that the land, the land of Canaan, really is a picture of Christ. And God has allotted to each of us, each of his chosen ones, a portion of Christ for us to enjoy. Christ is our possession. Christ is our inheritance given to us freely by God in his grace. Mm. And uh, before we had believed in the Lord, we were poor. We had sold our inheritance, and we had even sold ourselves and had become slaves of sin. But one day, the gospel was announced to us, and we believed in Christ. And that was our first experience of the Jubilee. At that very moment, our divine possession, which is Christ himself, was restored to us. And not only so, we were released from our slavery, which we had sold ourselves into, and we were restored to our family. The Israelite who sold himself into slavery, he had lost the enjoyment of his family. So at the Jubilee, this Israelite not only received his possession back, but he was reunited with his family. Mm. This is a marvelous picture it really is. of uh, the Jubilee as we experience it in the New Testament, the New Testament Jubilee, which is just Christ himself. Once we've seen the reality of the Jubilee, this passage in Luke, which I think will be familiar to all of our listeners, but it will be different. Trust me. This is the portion in Luke chapter 4 where the Lord Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to send away in release those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. Of course, the children of Israel knew what this referred to. I think for many of us, we don't have such a good idea, but we're getting that education today. Uh, I'm looking forward to our program very much, Bob. Now, let's go on. We want to join Witness Lee with our first portion today. Another provision goes further in chapter 25. You just mentioned it. Let me read three short verses here to put this in context. It says, And the land shall not be sold in perpetuity, because the land is mine. For with me you are strangers and sojourners. And in all the land of your possession, you shall provide for the redemption of the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells some of his possession, then his Redeemer, the nearest relative, shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. We are all in need of a nearest relative, aren't we, Bob? We certainly are, Chris. Let's find out about this. Here's Witness Lee. The land possessed by the children of Israel belonged to God. Of course, this signifies what we possess as our divine possession belongs to God and it was not to be sold into permanent ownership. It could not be sold forever. It could be sold for a period of time, but the permanent ownership 
still be kept, signifying that our divine possession belongs to God, and we cannot lose it forever. We may lose it for a while, even though we may become defeated or fallen. It is safeguarded by God's grace. In the New Testament, we are taught very much concerning the kingdom reward and the kingdom punishment. We may be defeated, even we may, in the millennial time, be disciplined or punished. But remember well that our spiritual ownership of the divine possession will never be lost. And after the millennial time, the disciplined believers will be restored back to the ownership of their divine possession, especially in eternity, in the new heaven and new earth, to enjoy the very blessing of the new Jerusalem. And that indicates we will be restored to our divine possession for eternity. And that is grace, and the grace of God. Although we might become weak and backsliding, and thus lose our enjoyment of the divine possession, we can still regain it. We may lose the enjoyment of the divine possession for some time, for a while. Anyhow, we will regain it. It will be restored to us again. Notice this. When an Israelite became poor and sold some of his possession, his nearest relative was to come as his redeemer and redeem what he had sold, signifying this is a wonderful item, that we have become poor and have sold our possession and the Lord Jesus, he is our nearest relative. Amen. The nearest relative we have is Jesus. And he has come as our Redeemer to redeem for us what we have sold. In Adam, we have sold everything. So in this nearest relative, he has redeemed everything for us. He is our <laughs> relative as our Redeemer. There is a book in Old Testament which is called the Book of Roots. You know, Roots was redeemed by her relative Boaz. In that book, you could see a full story of this Jubilee matter. Bob, this is really marvelous. The Jubilee was a year of freedom for the slaves and of those having lost all items of their inheritance, and these items were returned and restored. Now we have this added provision uh, that he brought up right at the end here, that if someone was too poor to get his own property back, then his nearest relative was to come and redeem it for him. This really points to something too meaningful, too marvelous for us too, doesn't it? Yes, it does, Chris. Actually, this is a marvelous provision uh, that God has made for us to recover our lost inheritance in Christ. This nearest relative here is a, a wonderful person. I mean, he is the one who redeems 
our lost inheritance. And who is this nearest relative? As far as we are concerned, surely it is no one else but our dear and wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He is God from eternity. But one day he became a man, and as a man he is our relative. <laughs> he became one of us, right. right? one of our race. He joined the human race so that he could die on the cross to accomplish redemption for us. Now, since he has redeemed our lost inheritance once for all, then once we receive our divine inheritance from God, we can have the full confidence that we can never lose this inheritance permanently. It's possible that we may become poor, spiritually speaking, and we may backslide or become fallen or in a degraded condition, even as a believer. And because of this, we may lose the enjoyment of our divine inheritance. And in a sense, we might even sell ourselves into slavery and lose our divine family. Mm -hmm. But we can have the assurance, because of Christ's redemption and because of God's grace, that our divine inheritance can never be lost by us for eternity. Right. It is safeguarded by the grace of God. So even if we do not recover this inheritance in our lifetime, and even if we are disciplined and chastised by the Lord in the millennium, still because of Christ's redemption and God's grace in eternity in the new Jerusalem, we will regain our lost inheritance. Mm. So, of course, we like to regain it sooner. If we lose the enjoyment of our inheritance, we like to regain it as soon as possible. But this is a comforting word here, that because of God's grace and because of Christ's redemption, what God has given us as our possession can never be lost by us for eternity. It can be lost only temporarily, but for eternity it is ours. Whatever God gives to us, he never takes back, and he guards it for us. So that even if we would like to sell it, we can only sell it temporarily. Right. We cannot sell it permanently because God's grace has guaranteed and Christ's redemption has guaranteed that this possession is ours for eternity. Bob, this is a strong portion that uh, stands, I would say, directly against that kind of thought or teaching among some that our salvation can be put at risk or at jeopardy by our behavior. Even many believe that salvation can be lost to so-called Arminian theology. This passage, uh, which is very experiential, but on the other hand, it also is making a strong statement as to the truth, isn't it? It is, Chris. We can lose the enjoyment of our salvation, that is for sure. And we may even lose it for the rest of our lives and even for the 1,000 years of the millennium. But we can never lose it for eternity because in the new heaven and new earth, in the new Jerusalem, all that we have lost because of our poverty, our poor condition, will be restored in full. And this is guaranteed by Christ's redemption and by God's grace. Mm. In our final portion today, we want to look at another tremendous point related to the Jubilee, and that is a person who finds himself absolutely, utterly unable to find the funds, procure the means to redeem his possessions, even himself. And there is, in this portion of the word, a marvelous provision we don't want to miss. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Leviticus is, I say, a very, very practical book. It is a book helping us to live a practical life. Our release from slavery 
is related to and based upon God's grace. Jubilee is the real concern for our sailing and our buying. We may sell a property, we may even sell ourselves, and uh, we may have the intention to redeem what we, we sold. Then this is altogether related to God's grace, why eventually we found out we have been just unable to do anything to redeem our possession or to redeem ourselves. So what? So we have to leave this matter to a jubilee. So this means we all have to learn the lesson that we live by grace. It doesn't mean that I can redeem my possession. It doesn't mean that I can redeem myself. It all depends upon God's grace. If by this way, by that way, we can do nothing, then we are in a helpless situation. But this helpless situation will bring us to the Jubilee. So we will be there released in the year of Jubilee, signifying that we can be released from our slavery wholly by the grace of God we do not need any other means. It is so good that we do not need any other means. But telling the truth, every human being just lacks to find a way to get released, either by the relatives or by myself, that I can acquire sufficient food to redeem myself. We like to do this. But Quite often, the circumstances arranged by God would not allow us to do anything for ourselves. So we have to remain in a helpless situation until the grace comes to us. The jubilee comes, then we got fully and wholly released from our slavery. Bob, you know, listening to this, you can get a picture of a person just down on their luck, down and out, and they finally take their last family heirloom to the pawn shop and hawk it just to survive, but full of the intention that as soon as things turn around and change, they'll come back and redeem back that precious possession. But uh, as he pointed to, in our spiritual situation, this points to the condition that really all of us find ourselves in before the Jubilee comes, isn't it? That's right, Chris. As we read these verses here in Leviticus, especially verses 26 through 28, we find out that there were three ways that a man could regain his possession that he had sold. The first way, as we saw in the previous portion, was that his relative would redeem it. Right. And we saw, of course, that Christ became our relative to redeem our lost possession. The second way would be that he himself would raise the funds or the money to buy back what he had sold. So he was relying on himself there. Mm -hmm. In the first way, he relied on his relative. In the second way, he relied on himself. But if a person had neither a relative nor the personal means to redeem back his possession, then he was helpless. He was in a helpless situation, and he could do nothing but to wait for the jubilee, mm. when, by God's grace entirely, he would be restored to his possession, 
to the enjoyment of what he had lost. Isn't this a marvelous picture? It shows us that, as Witness Lee pointed out, whenever we lose what God has given to us, we always like to try to do something or find a way to get it back ourselves. We rely on our own means or on what we can come up with Mm -hmm. as a way to get back this lost possession. But God puts us in a situation in which we simply can do nothing. We don't have a relative, so to speak, and we can't uh, raise the funds ourselves, so to speak. We're talking spiritually here about our spiritual condition. We simply cannot pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and bring ourselves back to that situation that we were once in. So what can we do? Well, we just can learn to live by the grace of God. We should learn from this a real lesson that we cannot rely on ourselves to keep ourselves in the enjoyment of our inheritance. We have to rely on God's grace. When God's grace comes to us, and this is something given to us freely by God, right? It's not something that we earn or deserve in any way. But God's grace comes to us, then our possession comes to us. It comes back to us, our enjoyment of Christ as our good land, our enjoyment of God himself as our eternal portion, you know, comes back to us. And so when we are in our helpless condition, we need to learn to rely on God's grace, not on what we can do. It's altogether a matter of grace. Our salvation, everything we receive from God is a matter of God's grace. We can do nothing to help ourselves to regain this possession. Bob, this word ought to be a word of tremendous encouragement to everyone listening. Whether or not we happen to be in a destitute spiritual situation right now where we really need the grace of the Jubilee, or whether someone we know or care about has really fallen back and uh, we've done everything and we've prayed the prayers and nothing seems to happen, the Jubilee is coming for all of God's people. One way or another, we all get rescued by the Jubilee, don't we? That is true, Chris, and this is a marvelous thing. One way or another, we all will be restored to our enjoyment of Christ. Mm. We need to keep ourselves in that enjoyment, but if we lose it, we will get it back. This life study was given by Witness Lee in 1988. A few years prior to that, he gave a conference on this topic of the Jubilee, and a book has been published by Living Stream of this title, The Jubilee. And we've seen so many aspects in a brief way, and I thought it was worth taking a minute just to mention this to our listeners. Uh, You can contact us about this book. Again, it's called The Jubilee. It touches this portion in Leviticus. It also goes into the verses that we read earlier in Luke chapter 4. Uh, and very short, very easy reading. And if you enjoyed this portion, I would recommend you contact us about this book called The Jubilee. And of course, we have the printed life study messages. A lot of detail there. There's many aspects in these verses in chapter 25 that we uh, didn't have time to cover. So it's a much more thorough treatment. Both of these resources are available, uh, as well as innumerable others. When you contact us, and our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3780. You can write to us also, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. I trust you will want to be with us for these final two concluding programs on the Life Study of Leviticus. Thank you, Bob, for being here today. It's my pleasure, Chris. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.